Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. The Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That's the invitation of Jesus in this moment. Come to him. And that's our invitation to you in this moment to come to worship. It's not just a time to listen and watch. It's a time to worship and surrender. And Lord, I pray that in this moment, you would fill every household with your grace and goodness. I pray, Lord, you'd fill every heart with hope. Let your goodness rise in us for you are good all the time. In the name of the good, good Father, in the name of the good news bringer, Jesus, in the name of the Holy Spirit, who is full of goodness, amen and amen. Let's declare that goodness together. Sing it together.
words in your voice in your heart. Let's sing it together. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, even in this moment right now. All my life you have been so, so God's goodness and mercy are following after you. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows what's going on. I pray, Lord, right now, you would surround your people with your goodness. Let your goodness go before them. Let your goodness be behind them. Let your goodness be beside them. Let your goodness dwell with them in this moment for you, Lord, are coming to give your perfect peace because you are good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Let's give God thanks and praise. Yes, you can clap there in your home. Amen, amen, amen. Well, speaking of the goodness of God, there's so many good ways in which God's goodness is being manifest here at Cathedral during the holidays. Jolie, share some of those ways with us. Well, hello, Cathedral fam. It is always good times and great vibes worshiping our God with you. Now, here at Cathedral, there's always something going on. And I'm super excited this weekend because not only are we going to hear a powerful word from the Lord from Mr. Great Days Ahead himself, but we're also heading into my favorite holiday of the year, which is Thanksgiving, because I love Jesus and I also love grub. <laughs> so, we have so many, once again, th reasons to be grateful here at Cathedral. And so we want to encourage you on Thanksgiving Eve, before you put that turkey in the oven, to tune into our Thanksgiving Eve services, which will take place next Wednesday. And Pastor Mike is going to bring a powerful word, and then we're going to have the opportunity to take communion together. So you'll want to make sure that you prepare your elements, something to represent the body of Christ and something to represent the blood of Christ so that we can partake of that together. Now, we are better together. You always hear the, us say that, and Christmas is no exception. So I want to encourage you, if you're looking for a way to be a blessing this Christmas season, the toy drive is an amazing opportunity for you to be able to put that into practice. Prayerfully consider how you can sow a financial seed. For just $30, you can take care of a child's gifts this Christmas season through our toy drive. Or you can also go online and purchase gifts through our Amazon wish list. Now, you won't even need to leave your home. You can do everything online. Click, click, click. Everything gets shipped on over to the church. You don't have to worry about social distancing. You don't have to worry about curfews. So we just want to encourage you to be a blessing this 
Christmas. And another way you can do that is by serving during our celebration of love. We don't just do that one time this year. We're going to do it all throughout the month of December. And we invite you and your family to come on out every Wednesday and Thursday during the month of December to serve at Reaching Out. And if you're a family in need of food, come on out Wednesdays and Thursdays and you can register there as well. Well, as you can see, there are so many reasons to be thankful this year, despite everything that is going on. And if that wasn't convincing enough, then I just want to reiterate what our worship team just declared over us, that God's goodness isn't just crawling behind you or dragging behind you. He is running after you. It is chasing after you. So there are so many reasons to be grateful. And the best way to do that is through your tithes and offering. Amen, amen, amen. Have no fear in the purple tear. That's right, because God's goodness is following after you. Well, in Psalm 37, the psalmist David writes these words. He says, the righteous give generously. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. They're always generous and they lend freely. Their children will be a blessing for the Lord will not forsake his faithful ones. The Lord delights to bless us. One of the ways you can tell if someone's righteous, they give generously. And in this moment, we give you an opportunity to declare, I wanna be righteous in the Lord by giving generously of what the Lord's given to me. There are many ways you can do that. You can drop by the church office during the week, on Monday through Friday from nine to five, you can mail it to the church, or you can go to our cathedral app or our cathedral website and give so that you can line yourself up with that passage of scripture that the Lord will show you his favor. He will not forsake you. He will bless you and generations to come. There's also a number at the bottom of the screen where you can text give to so you can be part of being generous in this moment. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. And I pray, Lord, right now, every household, there are those who've been hesitant to give out of fear. Release them now so that they can, in obedience and in courage, give. For those who've been holding back, let them know that you're with them, you're for them, as we generously respond to your goodness by bringing these gifts. Bless them, bless them, bless them. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, this weekend, Pastor Ken closes out our Future Shock series with a sermon about new heaven and new earth. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that day when there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more COVID, no more social distancing. We'll all be close together up there worshiping. Pastor Ken's gonna lead us in this great understanding. Let's open up our hearts to receive the word of the Lord. Hello, Cathedral family. I'm so glad that you've joined us for this service. There was once an Italian man who, back in the 13th century, he claimed that when he was only 17 years old, he took this epic journey. He didn't come back home for 25 years. Now, it took him across Russia, Afghanistan, Persia, over the top of the world of the Himalayas, and down into the Far East, he was the first European 
to ever visit China. In fact, through a set of circumstances, he became friends with the most powerful ruler of that time, Kublai Khan. He saw things there, wow. He saw cities that would make European capitals look like roadside villages. He he saw a banquet room where you could uh, have 6,000 people seated at one time, all of them eating off of plates of gold. He saw the world's first paper money, the explosive power of gunpowder. He tasted a culinary invention called pasta. And when he was getting ready to come back home to Venice, he brought with him all kinds of spices and gold and fine linen. When he came home and began to talk about what he had seen, people just weren't sure in Venice what to think of all of these tales. And on his deathbed, this is what Marco Polo said. I have not even told you half of what I saw. Not even half. Well, there was a man in the first century who has a vision and he does his very best to explain that vision of an amazing place to us. In Revelation chapter 21, we read, John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. In the first century, a sea was always viewed as a dangerous place where, well, you could be shipwrecked, you could sink all the way to Davy Jones' locker, and sea monsters were in the sea. And so to have no more sea in ancient days, wow, that meant a whole lot. Wouldn't have to face any of that anymore. Then he goes on, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. You know, I've done a lot of weddings over these 38 years, 39 years, and I've got to tell you, in all honesty, I've never seen an ugly bride. When they open that door and that bride steps in, there's just radiant beauty. And the new Jerusalem, the city of God, and the people of God in that city, there's so much beauty there, they radiate just like a bride does on her wedding day. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more mourning or no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. Boy, this really speaks to me. I just had a, I have a friend who just recently had a stroke and she's battling back from it. But to have, to be at a place where there's no more, no more pain. 
No more mourning. Are you looking forward to that day? For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they are true. This is where history is headed. According to the Bible, history is not an endless circle. Instead, history is more like a line. And there's an end to that line. But the end is not a dead end. Because when you get to the end of this line, the end of the broken world will be the start of a perfect world. Can you imagine that? A perfect world. Some kids were once asked what their vision was of a perfect world. One kid said, in a perfect world, lima beans would be illegal. Amen. Another kid said, in a perfect world, everyone would be nice. Even Roberts would say, please hand me your money. In a perfect world, one child said, my mom would realize I'm not going to clean my room. Finally. And then there's this little boy. He said, in a perfect world, I could turn my little brother into an ant and step on him. I just want to make sure Kurt knows my little brother. I didn't write that. What would a perfect world look like? Well, the Bible gives us a picture of where we're headed. The return of the king judgment day and the broken world makes way for the perfect world this is where you and I are headed what's it like well first of all think with me about paradise that in this perfect world well it's like two tickets to paradise in revelation chapter 22 we read on each side of the river stood the tree of life does that sound familiar Tree of life? All the way back in the beginning, the very first book of the Bible, we read in the Garden of Eden that in the middle of the garden was the tree of life. Remember in paradise, this is when sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, it impacted everything. It messed up everything. But God's plans are so great that he is going to redeem everything that sin has broken. And sin is not going to have the last word on our world. Jesus will have the last word on our world. And that's why we see the image of a tree that you and I are on our way to a a world that's restored and renewed. We're going back to paradise. We've got two tickets to paradise. And wow, what is that going to look like? Because even today in our broken world that sin has impacted, there's still so much of the beauty of God's good creation. When you look around and you see the sunrises and the sunsets and the mountains and the valleys and flowers and the trees and boy, the animal kingdom 
There's so much beauty in the world that we have when you look around. And yet one day God's gonna take all that beauty and all that brokenness and he's going to renew it and restore it and remodel it and make it just like new. He's gonna make it better than new. There is a comic I saw of the Flintstones and they're doing some remodeling. You remember the Flintstones? And so Wilma says, I'm a little disappointed that the counters aren't granite. And Fred says, but the walls are. So are the floors, the ceilings, the beds, the chairs, and the TV. Everything else is. Well, there's another couple that they were doing remodeling as a part of a TV show called The Fixer Upper. And what they would do is they would go into a house, a house that had, was really run down, torn up, and they would completely gut the house and redo the house so that when they were done, that house was just like new. It was better than new. And there's a day coming when that God is going to take the world, the created world, this earth that we're on, and he's going to renew it and restore it so that it's just like new, better than new. There's two words in the Bible that are used for the word new. One is called naos and one is called kainos. Naos means something that is brand new. It's never been in existence before. But kainos means something that is renewed. It's something that has been restored, made just like new. And when the Bible speaks of the new heaven and the new earth, this is the word that it uses, kainos. That it's this earth, it's this creation. That God is going to take and renew it and redeem it and radically transform it so that it is going to be even better than new. It's what you and I, in fact, all creation is waiting for this day. Romans chapter eight reads this way. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. Creation waits in eager expectation. It's standing on its tiptoes waiting for that day for this fixer-upper to become just like new. And in the meantime, that vision of the future day, it inspires the way we live right here and now. It motivates the way we live right here and now. I mean, that's why we as Christians, that's why we recycle or we plant flowers or we spare the air or we rescue dogs or, or we pick up litter. No, that's why we do it. It's that vision of the future that shapes our present. I remember before the pandemic when my wife took a team from the cathedral's fixer-upper team and we went over to the, uh, to the off-ramp right over here by the church and they were cleaning up the off-ramp and someone walked up to them and said, what did you do? And I think that person assumed that they had committed a crime, that 
Elisa was the Tony Soprano of the Cathedral of Faith. <laughs> but what they really were doing is this. They recognize that we are all part of God's fixer-upper team. And that we're taking care of our part of the garden because we're on our way back to paradise. And here's a little more paradise right here and now. Well, let's think about the next thing. And that is FaceTime. FaceTime. Wow, the new heaven and new earth are going to give us FaceTime. The Bible says this. It says, the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. They will see his face. What a day that's going to be. They will see his face. Whenever I read this scripture, I can't help but think about my time away from uh, at college. I went to college in the Midwest. And um, my dad and I were very close. And every Saturday, I would call my dad. Now before, um, this was before cell phones. So uh, phone calls were expensive. And so you could only talk for maybe three minutes. And at the end of the three minutes, you would, your voice would come on. You know, three minutes are up. Uh, can you put in more quarters? And so even if it was only three minutes, though, talking with my dad, it was so meaningful to hear his voice on the other end of that line and just to know he was there and to be connected like that. But at the end of the year, I would get in my car and I would drive cross country on Highway 40. I'd hit Highway 5, come up 5, cross over to 101, come up 101, get on Kirtner Avenue, onto Gunner Drive, and right in front of our house. It was about 29 hours if you drove it straight through and didn't go too fast. And when I would walk up to the door and my dad would greet me and I would see my dad face to face, I got to tell you, Talking to him on the phone was great, but it didn't hold a candle to seeing my dad face to face. And one day, the beatific vision where we see Jesus himself face to face and we'll live in his presence and work in his presence and worship in his presence. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. There'll be no more distance between heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will be one. Will be in the immediate presence of Jesus. And what really, what could be better than that. Those who want to be in his presence, they'll be in his presence. And those who don't want to be in his presence, well, Jesus won't force you. If you want to be with him, you'll be with him. But if you don't want to be with him, then you'll be separated from his presence forever and ever. That is the definition of hell. Outside of the presence of God. But that's not what Jesus wants. 
Jesus wants you to be with him forever and forever. And even now, even now, we practice his presence. We talk with him and we walk with him and we listen to him. But one day, there'll be no more practicing and we will see him face to face. Not only will we have this amazing connection with him, but we'll have this amazing connection with others. There'll be such peace and harmony in the world. I I saw this video of two animals. Normally you don't see these animals together and I wanted to show it to you. Look at that. Cats and birds laying down together. Are you kidding me? Watch out for that cat. I'm telling you. That's the picture the Bible gives us of the future. That there'll be such peace and harmony. Things you normally don't see happen will be happening. In Isaiah 65, we read this. Wolf and lamb will graze the same meadow. Lion and ox eat straw from the same trough. The wolf and the lamb, the lion and the ox, they won't be at each other's throats. Can you imagine being in a world where there's no more division, no more hostility? And even now, Even now, the Bible says we can get a taste of it. Those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace. As we wait for that future day of peace and harmony, we go around planting seeds of peace. And when those seeds take root and have a harvest, there is a little more love and unity in our world. Let me ask you a question as we move into the holidays. What's the most difficult family relationship you have right now? I saw this one uh, card and it said, my doctor asked if any of our family members suffered from insanity. And I told him, no, we all seem to enjoy it. (laughs) Oh my. What's the one family relationship that if you have dinner with them, you just say, Ken, there's no way. There's no way I can sit around the table with them for an hour. There's no way that's gonna happen. I mean, we're just too different. You know, we we see things from different perspectives. I mean, they voted for Biden and I voted for Trump. There's no way we're gonna be able to stay in the same room for an hour. The day that happens will be the day, well, wolf, the wolf and the lamb are vacationing together. Well, never underestimate the power of a seed. When you give God room to work with, I have a testimony of a couple here from the church. Uh, she's in one of our small group, uh, our no one stands alone small groups. And she shared this testimony with them. And she gave me permission to share it with you. Uh, The couple's name is Craig and Patty. 
And they were married for 16 years, uh, have beautiful children. And then they hit a point where their lives started to fall apart. Uh, Craig was battling with addictions. Uh, They were on the verge of losing their home. Things got really tense in their relationship. And they ended up getting a divorce. And when they did, she became suicidal and he became homeless. And then she found her way to the Cathedral of Faith. And she writes, Cathedral of Faith was like an ICU. After a few months of attending Cathedral of Faith, I stopped wanting to die. I started enjoying life again and changed my identity from jilted, victimized wife to independent single mom. And it was during that healing process that God brought her husband back. You know, Craig went into recovery. He started attending church with Patty and their children. And now Patty said that they got married and that Craig has been sober for three years. We are no longer in serious debt or at the risk of foreclosure. We are closer and more honest than we've, with each other than we've ever been before. We put God first in our marriage and family now. I didn't ask God for any of these things, but he gave them to me anyway. That's the power of our reconciling God. When we give him room to work in our life, never underestimate the power of a seed. As we think about that new heaven and that new earth, the last thing I want you to look at is how our enemies are vanquished. Now, when we read Revelation 21 a while ago, we didn't see the devil mentioned in the new heaven and the new earth because there will be no more devil in the new heaven and the new earth. We read in Revelation 20, verse 10, then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. Can somebody say amen to that? The next time the devil is tormenting you about your past, you remind him about his future. That we'll be free from the presence of the devil forever and forever. We will be victorious. That really is the theme of the book of Revelation. Uh, Let's be honest. Revelation is not an easy book to read. (laughs) There's so many symbols, lots of imagery, much of it taken from the Old Testament. And you can get kind of bogged down and confused in all of the, uh, the, the chapter here and the chapter there. But if you have to sum up the entire message of the book of Revelation, the message is this. At the end of the day, we win. That's it. At the end of the day, we win. That evil is still at work in our world right now. But the ultimate destiny of the world, that battle's already been won. Back in World War II, when we stormed the beaches of Normandy on D-Day, when we were able to win that battle, the outcome of the war at that point was decided. 
I mean, there were more battles to fight for sure. There were more sacrifices to make. But the outcome of the war from that point on was never in doubt. And this is how we know that evil will not have the last word, that evil will not prevail in our world. Because when you look around, you can wonder, I mean, will, will evil ultimately be defeated? Or is it gonna be like this forever? Well, the way we know is because of, we've had our own D-Day. Let me read to you Revelation 12, another one of those mysterious passages. It goes like this. Talks about a dragon who tries to kill a child. Watch what, it we, watch what it says. The dragon took his place in front of the woman who was about to give birth to a child so that as soon as she did, so he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child who is to shepherd all the nations with a rod of iron. Her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. In other words, the dragon failed, the child prevailed. This is the story of Jesus. When Jesus was born, the dragon tried to murder him. During his life, the dragon tried to deceive him. And at the end of the li his life, the dragon took him and nailed him to a cross and thought he was done with him forever. But when Jesus came back from the dead and ascended to the Father, that's how we know that was our D-Day. The outcome of this war is no longer in doubt. Jesus has prevailed. Hallelujah. Jesus has prevailed. And evil one day will be ultimately done away with. Imagine, imagine a world, an earth, a new heaven and a new earth where kids can walk safely down to the store and where a woman can walk safely through the park. Imagine a new heaven and a new earth where you don't have to have cameras for your house or locks for your house or even keys for your house. You won't have to look for your keys because you won't need any keys. The Bible says in that day, the gates will never be shut. Evil will be no more. What a day that's going to be. But even now, we can lean into the victory of Christ over evil. and We can work to see more goodness present right here where we're at. Romans chapter 12 puts it this way. It says, don't allow yourself to be overpowered with evil. Take the offensive. Overpower evil by good. I love that. Take the offensive. Let that get in your spirit. Take the offensive and overpower evil with good. Take the offensive out here. Overpower evil out here with goodness. And then take the offensive in here. For the evil in here 
Because every day there's a part of me that wants to do right and part of me wants to do wrong. There's a battle going on on the inside of me. One day we won't have to fight that battle anymore, but right now we do. And yet if I lean into the victory of Jesus, his victory becomes my victory. Knock down those gates of hell. Take the offensive. Evil's on its way out. Goodness is on its way in. This is where we're headed. And this is what we taste right here and now. The goodness of God. What a day that's going to be. There was a movie that was based on a best-selling book called The Five People You Meet in Heaven. In fact, the author of that book, Mitch Album, on a side note, he was a guest with us here at, church, at the church many years ago. Wonderful guy. In the movie, uh, the main character, who's a maintenance worker at an amusement park, he dies. And when he dies, he goes to heaven and he ultimately sees the impact of his work, of what he's done. And it's, it's really different because he ends up back at his amusement park, the one that he worked at for all those years. And waiting there are all these people, hundreds of people that are smiling, welcoming him, happy to see him. And here's what the narrator says about that moment. I want you to hear it. All the accidents he had prevented, all the lives he had kept safe, and all their children and all their children's children are there because of the simple things that he did day after day. And if you're a follower of Jesus, friend, that's your destiny. What we do right now in the present will somehow find its way into the future. Every act of love and kindness, every inspired work of art or music, every act of care for the earth, every work that's done to glorify him will find its way somehow into that new earth. We're not oiling a machine that is headed off a cliff. You know, we're not uh, restoring a painting that's going to be thrown into the fire. We're not planting flowers that are going to be dug up for a construction site. Somehow, some way, I love what N.T. Wright says. He says, you are, you are, strange though it may seem, almost as hard to believe as the resurrection itself, accomplishing something that will become in due course part of God's new world. Imagine that. And then 1 Corinthians 15 tells us, always give yourselves completely to the work of the Lord because you belong to the Lord. You know that your work is not worthless. Your work is not in vain. Right now, your work will somehow be redeemed, restored, and show up in an amazing way in that new world. What a future. I want to invite you, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. I invite you to say this prayer after me. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. 
I put my faith and trust in you. I make you Lord of my life. I put you in charge. Thank you for giving me a, a reason to live, purpose to live for, and a future destiny to wait for. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that's, that's the greatest thing you'll ever do in your life. And it's not the end of the journey. It's just a start of a journey of a lifelong relationship with God. And when this world ends, oh my, we're waiting for that day too. In fact, coming to sing, a very special song as a team. This song's called One Day. One day there will be no more waiting left for our souls. One day there will be no more children longing for home. One day when the kingdom comes right here where we stand, we will see the promised land. Mm, yeah. One day there will be no more lives taken too soon. One day there will be no more need for a hospital room. One day every tear that falls will be wiped by his hands. We will see the promised land. Mm, yeah. Hallelujah. We'll be healing from this heartbreak. We've been feeling. We'll sing in the darkest night. As we know that the light will come. There will be healing. Hallelujah. One day there'll be no more anger left in our eyes. One day the color of our skin won't cause a divide. One day we'll be family standing hand in hand. We will see the promised land. We will see the promised land. Hallelujah. There'll be tongue will confess one day when we're tired and weary bones find their rest one day when the power of evil is brought to an end we will see the promised land we will see the promised land
Thanks again for joining us. Uh, I just want to say, from our family to your family, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's a difficult season we're in, but we still have so much to be grateful for that even in this broken world, there's so much beauty. The goodness of God is everywhere. And so I pray that you'd enjoy the goodness of God and your family this coming Thursday. Now, if you need prayer, please reach out to us on social media. Call the church office. We'd love to pray with you. Pray for you. Right after this is the wrap. And they have as their special guest today, uh, Pastor John Mendez, who leads our Cathedral de Fe, our Spanish campus. And so it's going to be a, a great time of taking the sermon deeper and further. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, especially this week of Thanksgiving, everywhere you look, may you recognize the beauty and the goodness of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Yo, Cathedral of Faith. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Come on inside. It's the wrap. We are just getting started. We have uh, Pastor John, Aurora, Irene, and myself, and this is The Wrap. Pastor Ken just brought an amazing message yeah. today um, in, the, in this series of Future Shock and looking forward to the, uh, to the new heaven and the new earth. Yeah. And so let's get right into this. Pastor John, what kind of stuck you, out to you You know, um, sometimes when uh, I, I, I liken it to like a building of a wall. You know, it's not all that exciting, right, when you add another brick to it. But this is what doctrine is all about. This is what we believe in. And Pastor Ken, he just laid another brick down on this wall to solidify what we believe. We believe in in the prophecy of Scripture. It establishes us in our faith of what is going to happen. We accept that as a reality, as a truth. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And that that work of the wall, too, right, is so, so powerful and strong, and it only happens brick by brick, right? right? So it's like... It doesn't just magically happen in one effort. It's, it's constructed over time and, and meticulous. And Pastor Ken's been, been building a wall here this year. You know, I want to talk messages. to Cathedral and let them know that this is the whole role of a pastor yeah. is to build up our faith, to build up what we believe in. And he's got this keen eye in knowing how we can believe in. I believe in biblical prophecy because of all the prophecies that have already been fulfilled. So I say if they've been fulfilled, surely the ones that are still remaining are going to come to pass as well. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, and I think talking about heaven is such a reality because it's the victory at the end for every single one of us and those who have passed away. Like I always think like when I'm leading worship and I'm thinking of how great God's love is, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, my father is up there in heaven with that great love. But we're both connected with because of that great love and then even to Zion like teaching him heaven is a wonderful place like that and just having questions about it now because it's such a big part of our faith right right you know that prayer that um that it be as it as in heaven here on earth and then when pastor uh, shared that verse that God's dwelling place is now among his people right and now that we're uh, I just desire that so badly. Now that we're back to purple tears, it seems like we're going backwards. Yeah. So how, how much more to dwell in the place of God? And I think we can do that. 
I think God gave us the glimpse of his dwelling place when we choose to spend time with him, uh, mm -hmm. to worship him, pray, meditate his word. And that he gives us that glimpse of dwelling place of him because he takes, he calms us as when we spend time with him. Yeah. He takes away that fear. He gives us his peace. Amen. Yeah. That whole concept, Vaughn, of FaceTime. Oh, wow, yeah. I thought that was awesome, mm -hmm. you know, of how he called his dad, but now we have FaceTime and how we're going to be in his presence, like mm -hmm. you were saying, Irene, Aurora. Yeah. Um, my dad passed away many years ago. He played the guitar, and I can always imagine him with his guitar mm -hmm. in front of the throne of God, just mm -hmm. in his presence, having, I mean, FaceTime with God. Mm -hmm. that, that's an amazing concept. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very a heartwarming moment to mm -hmm. hear Pastor Ken talk about his dad and, and being away college and, and talk and then you also got a little bit of glimpse of the time frame that that happened when he talked about the the uh, collect call that he had made you know in the right right <laughs> right, about right three minutes left on the phone call yeah yeah all the, all the younger generations going what yeah right what's, what's got to do with it yeah yeah but that you know and then just talking about how that you know talking on the phone was was amazing but it yeah. was nothing like seeing him face to face yeah and, it's just, um, you know, Aurora, you can... Uh, oh, my son, that. you know, my our youngest one just came back from college, and I can totally relate. I could not wait to see him face-to-face. -face. Yeah. Like, you know, I every day I would imagine his face, but it's not like when we finally pick him up from the airport last week, and I saw him, like, mm, I was, yeah. like, right. staring at him, hugging and kissing him. It's like, how much more will we do face-to-face -face mm -hmm. with God? Our mm -hmm. imaginations cannot even... I actually remembered myself being in college, and then I just thought about, like, I just wouldn't want to do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> college was yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, I, I also love Pastor Ken's, uh, when he, the, the segment about the fixer-upper, mm -hmm. you know, and just how, you know, uh, in fact, Irene and I have been, like, watching some of these, you know, get on our time off, which it helps us to kind of reset our minds and get away a little bit, and watching these shows and, and just seeing... Uh, how they how they gut them, yeah, and then yeah. and then they rebuild them up and they reimagine them and right. the, and 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 the end product is better than what it started with, right? You know, right. and there's so there's something really powerful in that imagery, and I think we can all uh, you know testify to feeling what a, a a refurbished room feels like in the house and giving it a, a facelift or uh, building something new, um, you know, an addition onto that and. And just how you can take the space and and really reshape it and and but yet, Pastor John, we were talking about how it's it's even more special than just walking into a brand new, never lived in home. Yeah, that has no memories. Right, right, right. There's something special about. Yeah, it. that that Kainaios, uh concept. It's used more than the Noah's uh, yeah. Greek word, you know, of the new. Yeah. Um, God is in that business of restoring, renewing making things better. Uh, another part of the doctrine that was laid down today, and, and that's what Pastor Ken said, sin distorted everything of what God had created. It, it brought it down, it, 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 it distorted, it destroyed everything. But God restored everything through Jesus Christ. Um, I, I have a 1959 Chevy pickup. My wife uh, gave it to me as a uh, birthday present 22 years ago, and I wow. still have it. It's, um, it's the first kind of, it was, it was, that vehicle is the first kind that I've learned how to drive. Mm. 
I won't say how old I was because it was illegal, but okay. I learned how to drive. 1959 Chevrolet pickup Apache. I need to mention that, okay? Nice. Um, and so when I get in it, you know, it's all restored, yeah. new engine, new paint, everything, you know. It still brings back memories mm. of uh, my youthful years. Yeah. But um, when it goes down the street, you know, and he purrs and everything, it's, I, it's, it's new. It's yeah. vintage, but it's new. That's right. And that's what our lives are. God yeah. kind of allows us to remember what we were before we knew him. Right. Yeah. So that now as we are in this newness of Christ... Mm we see how God has restored love, peace, joy of life, so many things. You know that story? It was powerful of that couple that, wow. that God restored. It, man, it just blew me out of the water to see that. And one thing that stuck out to me is what the young lady said. God gave us all these things, even though we didn't ask for them, but he still gave them to us. That's the love of our Father. Wow, what a powerful story that was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just seeing two people at odds, but then and then and then seeing them their their journeys separate for a moment, but then seeing the work that took place on both yeah. of them uh, that enabled them to come back, and and God did His work. You know, and I think of you know it, in a lot of ways our society right now is yeah. is I think uh, if we would use some of that kind of print the principles in that. In that in the marriage, like you can't change your partner, right? <laughs> you right. The right. only thing you can do is work on you. That's on you, yeah. And doing the work there, and how they they had this season of where they had to work on themselves, and then God did the the miraculous work of bringing bringing them back. And mm -hmm. and I think that I just praise God for testimonies like that to come out of our church. You yeah. Know, just we, yeah. wow, God is doing an amazing work right here. Now, if I can take advantage of this God moment. To you who are listening to us right now, you may be saying, how does this prophetic word, all this stuff apply to me? God can take your life and he can restore it. He can renew it. Although maybe your addiction has destroyed or distorted your marriage, your family, God is in the business of restoring things. It's not only, he not only did it in the, from the Garden of Eden, but he's done it now. He's going to do it in the future with the new earth, the new, the new heavens and so on. But today for your life, God is saying, give me a chance and watch me what I can do in restoring your life. Yeah. Absolutely. It reminds me just of when he said, standing up on your tippy toes. Yeah. Let's all stand on our tippy toes and waiting in expectation for what he has. Our scripture verse is Romans 12, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but take the offensive and yes. overcome evil with good. Amen. Come on, Cathedral Faith, let's get yes. on our tiptoes. That's right. Mm -hmm. And just to, to, to build off of what Pastor John said there, there's hope uh, in the scripture because God is is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's done it before, mm -hmm. he's gonna do it again. And how mm -hmm. the scripture is just filled with moments and moments of him fulfilling his promise. Yeah. And so it's, it's, the, it's both the nostalgia of looking back and seeing the work of God connected through our journeys, mm -hmm. but also the hope that we have in God Amen. of what he has yet to do yeah. and what he's leading us to. As trophies of grace. Amen. Mm -hmm. Wow, trophies of grace, that wow. is great. Amen. You know the lion and the lamb concept? Mm. is so powerful and how he brought it home to us. You know, um, that in, in this week, especially this week when get, family gets together yeah. and you now might be able to see eye to eye with that uncle or with that cousin yeah, or yeah, things yeah, that yeah. have happened. <laughs> but the 
the, the word, the promise is this, is that we can sit down even with our worst enemies. That's right. And God can heal relationships, restore relationships. Amen. That's, that, that, that's, I think that's a prophetic word for us this week uh, as we go into celebrating Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Yep. Cats and birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lions and lambs. Great video. <laughs> donkeys and elephants. Yeah. We can all get along. We can all get along. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Cathedral of Faith, we're so grateful to be connected with you. And man, we have so much to be grateful for. In the midst of everything, let's let's be focused on what God has promised to do mm-hmm. and not just one on what we the things that were are not in place according to our taste right now. God's doing something amazing in our church. And so stay connected, Cathedral of Faith, and have a safe and have a really happy Thanksgiving as God is continuing to do amazing things in us. So as always, Cathedral of Faith, it's a wrap. God bless. Take care.